Hello and welcome to the Win Win Effect podcast with your host, Chris Ross. This is the show for anyone that wants to drive productivity and maximize potential in any industry. Let's take a moment. Have you ever wondered about the psychology behind the persuasive marketing driving you to take action, sometimes on products you never thought people would buy? Well, that's just what makes this podcast stand out from the others. On these episodes, Chris will break down proven strategies that his companies use to respectably enroll prospective students into the correct programs to achieve overall business success and fulfillment in life. You will get a rare centralized look into both sides of the buyer-seller relationships that I'm sure anyone tuning in will receive massive value from to implement instantly. There are huge quantities of informational material from companies just trying to sell products, but not many giving you the right information on how to build companies from solid foundations, focusing on customers actually winning as the outcome. The Win-Win Effect podcast is a character-based code for human interaction and collaboration in business. Time is the only non-renewable resource in life. So with this podcast, the outcome is designed to bring you value to make it worth your time. Over the last few weeks on the Win Win Effect podcast, we have spent a lot of time talking about the sales process and aligning the sales stages to accomplish the overall goal to success. And I know what you're thinking. We're spending a lot of time on qualifying a prospective buyer after the initial contact, specifically talking about how to align referrals into that process. It's important for me to mention that one of my core values in business is to always focus on how to increase the overall experience of every person I come in contact with. Over the last week, my team has been flooded with a lot of questions, comments, and concerns with the podcast episodes that myself and Wes Bays covered. A lot of the questions were going over the discovery call with prospects. The key to every discovery call is listening. Remember, your discovery call intends to see if there's an interest and then discover if that particular person would be a good fit or not for your product or service. Qualifying as quickly that you can is imperative for you and the buyer. So brings me to the question and the topic for today. Why should you as a seller or salesperson, sales professional or sales advisor be so concerned over the overall experience of each prospective buyer you come in contact with? Because if you are genuinely in the business to serve people, you want them to know that they are not ready or not qualified yet so they can discover what they need to do to have the opportunity to work with you or find out what they are looking for. Remember, the intention of a discovery call is to make a decision to move forward or point them in the right direction. Hypothetically speaking, say for instance, you want to set up another meeting. As a seller, what led you to making that decision? Do they have the needs? Do they have the time? Do they have enough resources, money? Are they a decision maker? If all those boxes are checked and they do have the needs, they do have the time, they do have the resources, aka money, and they are the decision maker, how do you make that transition? To answer some of the questions our listeners sent in, seeking clarification on what to do as you qualify each prospective buyer, my team and I felt it was best for me to dedicate today's episode talking about just that. First things first. Before I dive into today's episode, go ahead, grab a pen and piece of paper, write down on top what you expect 
for me to cover on today's episode? What are some key points you would like for me to cover? And think about what type of outcome that you're desiring. All right, is everybody ready? Let's kick this up a couple of notches and let's dive right in. Happy Money Monday, everybody. This is Chris Ross. Hope everybody enjoyed me framing today's episode. I'm very excited about going over some of the major deciding factors from you making the sale or them walking away and going to another business. Sounds brutal, doesn't it? It can be. It's a key point to remember that if they're speaking to you about a product or service that they're looking to invest into or buy from you, then they're going to spend their money with you or without you. During the stages of your sales process will be the deciding factor from them making a decision to move forward if it's worth their time and money. Before going into all the important metrics to look at, let me ask you a question. Who's in control of the buying time frame? The seller or the buyer? If you've been paying attention to previous episodes, then you would understand and have a full understanding and whoever controls the frame or the perspective controls the sale. Think about how I finished the introduction to today's episode. Do you remember the questions? Do you remember the things that I had you write on a piece of paper? What are some things that you wrote down that you expect for me to cover with today's episode? What are some things you would like for me to cover with today's episode? Last but not least, what is the desired outcome that you are searching for with today's episode? What if I told you that those three things have to happen or they must happen for any person or any sales professional to make an impact with that prospective buyer to be successful. If you learn how to establish agreed expectations, set and agree ground rules for yourself and a prospective buyer, set objectives covering potential outcomes from what's to come, then you, my friend, are a sales professional and it happens on every freaking call you make. However, in order to become a sales advisor and a trusted advisor, you need to do this seamlessly. Please note, you want to qualify to lead in terms of four things, needs, time, money, and a decision maker. Key point to remember are needs or how strong are their needs. Time, how urgent is the problem? Do they need to solve it right now or 12 months, two years from now? Money, do they have the resources available to be able to purchase if they're qualified? Are they able to buy? What type of budget are they working with? Do they even know how to budget for this type of opportunity, product, or service? And is it in their best interest to do so? Why is that important? Because you're focusing on the buyer. Decision maker, can they make the decision or do they have to talk to somebody else? Think about this for a second. If you have to ask those direct questions, you are failing every prospective buyer you come in contact with. You're failing. It's been my experience by asking the right probing or diagnostic questions. Most buyers are very open and willing to tell you what their pain points are and what's needed to solve their situation. You notice I said not solve the problem. You're there to solve their situation, not the problem. That's their job. Does your product or service help them or lead them in the right direction to solving the problem? This is where the seller obligation comes into play. The vast majority of companies and salespeople that I come in contact with or training, they're not able to make quick decisions on the fly. Think about what that's saying to the buyer 
if the seller is not able to make a quick decision if they would be qualified for their product or service. What is that really saying to them? How can they put their trust into someone that can't make a decision? Would you? Would you put one of your loved ones or someone that you really truly cared about or made a recommendation to them if you felt uncertain? I'm going out on a limb here, but there's a good chance that's a no. For all the listeners out there, this is your first rodeo and your first time ever listening to me. Thank you, by the way. I'm very grateful that you're here. Please note that all prospective buyers, when they get on the phone with a seller, one thing they're looking for is clarity. Even if they're not on the phone and they're face-to-face, B2B business, I can give a shit. I'm being honest with you. If you seem uncertain as a seller, they are not buying from you. Plain and simple. I don't know else how to say that to you nicely. Especially if you don't know how to make the transition in your sales stages in your overall sales process. The key to this is aligning all these and cultivate the right approach to have a well-defined sales process. And I'm talking about a sales process that's unstoppable. If you're able to focus, and I'm talking about focus on actually approaching this with the outcome in mind of every person you speak to from them winning, then your prospective buyers will do all the heavy lifting themselves for you to be crystal clear on your delivery and communicate the key points of being able to help them solve their situation. Remember, your job as a salesperson or sales professional or sales trusted advisor is not to solve the problem. That's their job with fulfillment or your company. Your job is to qualify that prospective buyer and to enroll them or have them buy your product or service and for them to be set up for success. We'll put a pin on that and come back to it. But let's go to a little bit more specifics about budget and who's involved with the decision making, evaluation, and approval process of every prospect you get on the phone or get face-to-face with. This is where it's imperative for you to be able to pick up on limiting beliefs. And if yourself, as a seller, has your own internal limiting beliefs, you're going to end up being your own worst enemy, especially when it comes to finances. I'm not scared to talk about finances because I'm in a good financial situation. I don't have any limiting beliefs. I believe that money is a tool to get the things that I want to build or leverage other resources to get me to the end point or the outcome I'm looking for. And when I say I don't have any limiting beliefs, I'm not scared to be able to deal with the limiting beliefs that I do have each and every day. But if I don't deal with them before I get on a phone to serve that client or serving my prospective customers on whatever kind of capacity, then I don't get on a phone until I'm able to get myself back to neutral to serve my clients the best way I know how. Even the most experienced sales professionals or trusted advisors can feel like a bit of a poker game as you try to read the responses from your prospective buyer to determine if they're telling you everything you need to know to do your job. If you go back to certain episodes that I talk about this a little bit further in detail, here's the key of being able to communicate it. I cannot tell you how important this is. I will say to a client, if I believe they're not telling me the truth, I'll say something like this. Mr. or Mrs. Prospect, my job overall is to assess where you currently are in your situation. Based on your background and the resources you do have available, I got to make a right decision 
based off of the information you provide me. If you don't mind, can we go back again and let me get an idea, a little bit more of an idea, on how I'm best able to help you? There's a certain things, in my opinion, aren't adding up properly and aren't aligning. Can you share with me more information about XYZ? How can you help me work this out? Do you see how I'm able to reposition and reframe asking more information? It's that simple. The key to this situation is not blinking when they give you bullshit. Some will kick and scream. Others will actually provide you with more information because they actually understand that you're there to help them. This is all about positioning and actually being able to be empathetic to people's feelings about what they're going through. Perhaps they feel like they're giving up control over their life or their situation if they lay out all the cards on the table early in the call. However, understanding their process and getting this information is essential as it impacts so many factors moving forward in the sales process. For me to remain on topic with today's episode, say for instance, hypothetically speaking, you're able to communicate and they're able to share with you all the important information you're going to desperately need to make a recommendation and accepting them on as a client and moving on into the different stages. Should sound a little like this, Mr. or Mrs. Prospect, at this time, based on my evaluation and based on our conversation, which by the way, I enjoyed, thank you, I'm going to go ahead and insert whatever stage of the process, guys, I hope everyone's paying attention. I want you to be able to use this for anything you do. If it's okay for you, I would like to focus our last two to three minutes of today's session geared towards how I can help you receive the best quality service possible during your journey. How does that sound? Then you would say, do you feel that there's anything else that you would like to share with me? that will actually set us both up for success on our next meeting. If you notice, I'm aligning my questioning, letting them know that I am here to help and I'm trying to make sure that our time is best well served during this process. Here's what I need from you, Mr. or Mrs. Prospect, for me to be able to do my job. Insert XYZ. And if you've done it properly, you'll see the results. If you don't see the result you're looking for and there's no agreement there, then you're going to have to tactically ask questions again to the best approach that they're able to receive it. Making them feel at ease will pay dividends as you dig deeper and get into critical information. You have to practice your questioning, constantly improving it, and develop it so it isn't an interrogation. Remember, many prospects want to hold back information. It's okay. They're going to go down any way you look at it. Kicking or screaming is the way I look at it. If they don't agree right away, then you have to ask questions again. There's something you didn't do. There's something you didn't do properly. There are many deciding factors that come into play. Don't beat yourself up. Even the best sales professionals or sales trusted advisors don't get agreements all the time. The best sales professionals or sales trusted advisors are resilient. Key to this situation, if you don't get that agreement, paraphrase or recap in their words what they mentioned to you. Or you can insert a negative close. This is what this will sound like. Mr. or Mrs. Prospect, based on my evaluation and based on our conversation, I felt you could be, with a little work, be the type of student or prospect that we're looking for. 
Based on your response just now, I'm a little bit more hesitant or extending that type of recommendation until I actually receive more information from you. Do you have a little bit more time? We're almost there. Just give me a little bit more time to make sure that we have clarity on both sides. And then you pause. Their response is important right now. It's not about you. It's about them. Remember, how can you increase overall experience? Be empathetic. Understand their situation completely. It's important to understand if they're still on the phone with you, there's still an opportunity for you to be able to serve them in the best of your ability. Perhaps realigning your questioning when it comes to decision making. Mr. or Mrs. Prospect, can you share with me again on how your decision making process works? If they don't bite, ask this question. How have you handled decisions like this previously? What they say gives you an opportunity and an opening to ask follow-up questions about others involved or specific evaluation criteria. Perhaps you may have missed that they have a spouse that makes all their damn decisions. It's okay. Maybe they need to ask the fucking two fairy. Who knows? There's nothing wrong with saying, what's your budget? But when you get this information in much and more subtle ways, how does your budgeting process work for projects like these? What is your initial thinking about cost factors when it comes to making these types of decisions? Their answers will lead you to additional discussion where you'll hear and gather more details rather than you sitting there and being in an uncomfortable situation or discussion. Try what are your timeline goals? What does your timeline look like? These types of questioning get your prospect to open up more and enables you to ask clarifying questions. I cannot tell you how many calls that I have broken down for companies, salespeople, sales teams, it doesn't matter. They all sound like shit. When someone in a buyer-seller relationship becomes frustrated, specifically most discovery calls, get stalled when their discussion moves into the stage of fact-finding. The key to this situation is keeping a close eye or pay attention to the rapport level. This goes back to what I recommended about you recording every freaking phone call that you make. For all the listeners out there, why? Why am I asking you to record your phone calls? Because you can go back and reassess by listening to what they said or what they didn't say that you missed an opportunity on. For all of us in sales, we're regularly told to find new opportunities. We hear phrases like, ask for the business and always be closing bullshit. That doesn't work. Listen, we find ourselves regularly reviewing close rate percentages actively in a pipeline Revenue projections, all these metrics that only make sense to sales managers or leaders or corporate. Please remember the intention of a discovery call and making that transition to setting up another meeting. You're not looking to close a damn deal. Don't spend too much time on this. We're focused on learning and listening with the objective of gaining a qualified prospect and laying out a plan for the best projected roadmap to be able to accomplish the end result. For them succeeding and you making the sale. What happens in the meantime is the roadmap. It's the stages. It's on what they're looking for. What should we add? What have I missed? Have I got it right? You also want to hear now, not later. If there's any objections, any objections to what's been proposed when you're laying down the next meeting. It's critical to circle back to the purpose of the call or meeting. Is there a problem they need solved? And that's why they're on the call, correct? If you can solve it, 
Isn't it that simple? That the two of you should work together. If they're hesitating, then is it possible that money is an issue? Of course it is. It's always about the money. If the money was no object, they've ordered it from you right now, correct? If you ask them directly if it's the money or is it about the resources you have available, they'll likely most admit then that's a yes. It's the money that's the problem. They'll admit it's not in their budget. Perhaps they didn't want to admit this, but being direct, you successfully gotten the truth. If being direct, you've discovered the issue is money, then it's your job as the closer to offer them an alternative. No matter any kind of situation, do you make assumptions that they can't afford it? And I'll say again, under any situations, any, zero, zilch, nada, you make any assumptions they can't afford it. That's their job to tell you. You'll say something like this, Mr. or Mrs. Prospect, it is not my job to tell you can or cannot afford something. It's my job to provide potential solutions to be able to help you make the right decision moving forward. Does that make sense? Why does that make sense? Please tell me. Then you shut up. Listen to what they're saying to you. If you shut up long enough, you'll actually discover what's really holding them back by them indirectly or directly. Either way, if you shut up long enough, you'll know the reason. That's why the intention of a discovery call is not to sell. It's to listen. Reframing the whole call at any part that you feel that you're not going to be able to get to the destination or outcome you're searching for is imperative for you and for them. Remember this. If you don't want a prospect to get away with lies or excuses, you must reframe the call. At the beginning of the call, you must say this. Mr. or Mrs. Prospect, the purpose of the meeting today is to determine whether it's a good fit for you and I to work together. You could, after our meeting, come to one of these three decisions. You could say, yes, is a good fit. Let's move forward. Let's do business together. Or you could say, no, that's fine. A no is perfectly acceptable answer, and there will be no hard feelings. The third thing you can say to me is say, let me think about it. And I love when clients tell me, let me think about it. And that's what I don't want you to say, because I've been doing this a very long time. And that what really means is a no, and I haven't been able to communicate the importance of you taking action now. So before we get started, let's agree to something. You're only going to tell me yes or no. Is that fair? And you shut up and wait for their response. Do you see what I did there? I've reframed the entire conversation and shifted the way it's only going to play out. I've made it very difficult for the prospect to say no to me. And I've also taken the pressure away from them on letting me know or letting them know that it's perfectly fine for them to say no. No is fine. I can just move on to another prospect or to another prospective buyer that's worth my time. Knowing your worth is imperative. I cannot tell you how many salespeople I come in contact with they have no idea that their time is worth more than anything else in the world. So let me ask you a question, listeners. Is your time worth you spending an extra 15 minutes on a discovery call where you both are feeling optimistic that it's really going well? Then when you can receive an upfront a contract or an agreement that you covered all the items, 
on your checklist to be able to serve them the best way you know how, paying attention to their pain points, pleasure points, and objectives. Then you look at the clock. Oh shit, I've spent too much time. No, you didn't if that end result turns into them winning and you winning. I will tell you this. I would much rather spend and invest my 15 minutes extra on a discovery call where I'm able to serve that client to the best of my ability for them winning and I'm winning than me sitting there talking about or bitching about for the next 10 to 15 minutes how messed up the client's head was or how much of a waste of time that was. So at any part of this call, as I framed it, Mr. or Mrs. Prospect, at any part of this call that I feel that you're not ready to move forward with our particular program, product or service, t-shirt, popsicle, I will let you know. And in doing so, I hope that you don't take any disrespect during my questioning. Is that okay for you? All right, let's rewind a couple seconds for me to catch my breath. Very important, by the way. And to create another scenario if things go well. And you both agree to move forward. All right, before we create this scenario, is everybody learning? Is everybody receiving tons of value? Say yes, yes. Before I forget, at the end of today's episode, please feel free to send us an email at info at thewinwineffect.com or visit our website at TCR Consulting Agency. Go all the way to the top, hit the section podcast, and voila, you'll find us. All right, let's create this scenario and let's close. During your discovery call, you discovered how strong their needs are, how urgent the problem is, do they have the need to solve it right now, are they able to buy? Do they have the resources? What is their budget? And are they the decision maker? You check all yeses to those boxes, then you move forward. Congratulations, you have now qualified your prospect. Nope, no you haven't. You didn't recap. Here's how to make this transition smoothly and seem seamless. Recapping goals, priorities, and the next steps moving forward. Remember, there's no freaking hidden Calls or steps or something they have to accomplish or reaccomplish once you move forward. No surprises. None. Nada. Zilch. Surprises causes what? Turmoil. Frustration. Brings a rapport level way down. Makes your job difficult. Once you recap, go to agreeing to timelines. See where you can agree on both sides of the buyer-seller relationship and be able to position yourself as the expert in you know best. Reconfirm who else may need to be involved because they are a part of the decision-making and approval process. You can say, who else should I send the follow-up notes to? Who else will be helping you with the action step that you assign them? Or at our next meeting, should I invite those people you mentioned to join us? I'm also a big believer in getting a firm date on the calendar for the next time to reconnect. Doesn't have to be an exact date or time, but it's in the ballpark. You can say it like this. If you had to pick Mr. or Mrs. Prospect, what day of the week would give you enough time to go through the information that I assigned to you and for us to set out the time to be able to go over what you discovered? I cannot tell you how many calls that I have broken down that I've listened for two to three to 10 minutes trying to confirm or set the next call. Waste of time. Waste of time. The key to the situation is leaving on a high note. 
There's nothing more frustrating than listening to bullshit about them not being able to commit or you not being able to find a time on your calendar. Would you agree? You say something like this, Mr. or Mrs. Prospect, let's look at our schedules now. Tell me the day and time you want to be in contact. If we're not able to establish the right date and time now, it's okay. I'm not going to spend a lot of our time on this. However, I will tell you that I will have my team send you follow-up notes and reconfirm summary of what we need to discuss on our next meeting. As you would imagine, I am scheduled by appointment only. Only. At no time that I'm able to be able to get on a call with you if it hasn't been established by my team or myself beforehand. This is where establishing yourself as an expert where you're about to prove it. If your team, aka admin, support, whoever's in charge, your assistant, if they're able to send them in short, simplified with bullet points, timelines, recap goals, and ranks of the key items needed to be accomplished to be able to meet with you again, you're going to win. With all of this information and to say everything goes right, congratulations. You have now qualified your prospect properly and you're ready to move forward. Wait, what am I missing? Leaving on a high note. Come on, guys. Y'all been paying attention long enough, right? This is an expert tip I'm going to share with you. I do not leave any encounter, any conversation, phone, voice message, face-to-face meeting, unless it's on a high note. To all the listeners out there, I'll leave you with a question. What is the best possible way to leave every encounter that you have with your prospect? And that's your new client now. You just qualify them on a high note. How can you leave them happy? This is where you're testing your note taking during the meeting, encounter, or your listening skills. You pick something out that you discovered from them that they are excited about, about moving forward. Maybe an event they're going to that day, going to their daughter's recital, kids' baseball game. Who knows? You tell them good luck and enjoy your time. I'll be looking forward hearing how that worked out for you. And if you would like, attach anything to the assignments that you will send over to my team that you would like to share with me. And in closing, as always, if anything changes from now until the next time that we speak, please reach out to my team. They were there to assist you with anything you may need. Now it's time to move on to your next prospect. To give you a preview of what's going to be discussed on our next episode, the best sales professionals or sales advisors ensure that they follow up regularly since this can become the first step in starting the process again for the next sale. Report and communicate back to your customer and company. Salespeople sometimes have a reputation for not being able to be the best communicators. Would you agree? Well, you're about to learn on our next episode on how to follow up properly with every prospective customer, client, or buyer. Feel free to send us an email at info at thewinwineffect.com or visit our website at TCR Consulting HC. Go to the top section, podcast, and voila, send us a message. While you're there, visit our website and search for any information that you feel that yourself or anybody you know that could benefit from some of our programs. TCR Consulting Agency offers a wide range of products and services to be able to help prospective buyers reach the outcome of winning. To say thank you for listening to today's podcast, there is a free 10-day trial for access to our nationally accredited programs as well. So as always, ask yourself, how can you get a little bit better each day?
that 1%. Keep moving, keep growing, keep learning. Let's go win our day. Take care. Thank you for taking your time and listening to today's podcast of The Win-Win Effect. As a thank you for listening and tuning in, Chris is rewarding you with a placement course webinar with his team to point you in the right direction to massive success. In success, it's all about living a better quality of life. So at the very least, subscribe to the Win-Win Effect podcast so you don't miss the next episode. Feel free to share on your social media or simply tell a friend about it. Also, please rate and review the podcast. To find the free webinar and more information, please visit tcrconsultingagency.com.